Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever! We are. Yeah. I feel like it's been a little while since we've done a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. I I wasn't as enthused going into this one, which is weird. I love the Black Panther character. I know you're getting tired of these movies. Yeah. So is it because of that, or was it because of Chadwick Boseman not being in them? It's not so much Chadwick Boseman not being in them, but that they didn't recast Black Panther, I think, is probably the bigger thing for me. But if we look at it from that angle, but, but I think... I think I was just getting I'm just getting overloaded with these like heavily CGI movies, you know? Sure. Where everything is just a big blast ending, you know? Like I get it. And you know what? Call me an old fart if you want, but like there's I I miss there being some sort of like an emotional connection to it. Like a real emotional connection to these movies, you know? Well, we'll get into it, I guess. We'll get into it. Well, before we but, move on, I just wanna say Yeah. Derek Bozeman, who is Chadwick's brother, agrees with you and felt like the part should have been recast. He's not wrong. He says he feels his brother is not that egotistical, thinking that he should not have been replaced. Well, I don't even think it matters what whether Chadwick Bozeman would have been egotistical about it, and I don't believe he would be. I believe yeah. his brother. But I think, again, that character is just so vibrantly important to marginalized folks, black folks, black men who don't have the kind of representation that they had with Black Panther. I think that's why Black Panther was a cultural phenomenon. That's representation in a medium where there wasn't much representation for black males. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's just it's such a vitally important character. But I guess we'll we'll I think by the time we're done talking about this whole thing, yeah. I think we'll come around to I think they're going somewhere with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get too far ahead we'll of ourselves. We'll do that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, just so you know, I know like a lot of people are big on the Marvel movies and they don't want to be spoiled. So if you're one of those people, go ahead and drop out now. Listen listen after you've watched the movie. Don't listen now and then watch the movie because we are going to spoil as much of the plot as we can possibly remember, <laughs> <laughs> having only seen it one time each. So that's it. And then, yeah, so then, Jen, I think we'll, we'll forego our whole, have you seen Marvel movies before thing? <laughs> you know, because honestly, we are... We've reviewed tons of them. <laughs> yeah, we've reviewed tons of them. Uh, people that have been listening for a while know that we've, re we've reviewed tons of them and they know the answer to the question. So why don't we just jump right into you telling us who's in it and who created it. So this was directed by Ryan Coogler, which he was the director of the first one, if he I remember was. correct. He was, yep. This was also written by Ryan Coogler, but he had some assistance from Joe Robert Cole. Who's, I think, I'm trying to remember where I've heard his name before, but I think, I think I'm thinking of it somewhere else. He also helped write Black Panther. Okay. That makes sense then. That, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I do know his name. You do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we have the same creators involved in this one that were involved with the first one. Cool. We have Letitia Wright as Shuri. Mm -hmm. Lu 
Lupita Nuango as Nakia, mm-hmm. Denai Gira as Akoy. Is that how you say that? Akoye. Akoye. Mm-hmm. Winston Duke as Mbaku. Ooh, yeah, Winston Duke as Mbaku. <laughs> He's great. He is. The ever stunning Angela Bassett. That woman never ages. She's gorgeous, stunning. On the screen, I just I marvel at she just she's breathtaking. She commands the scene. What a great actress. Mm-hmm, she's absolutely. she's amazing. She plays Ramonda. I'm sorry. Put some respect on her name. That is Queen Ramonda. <laughs> and 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 Angela Bassett is a queen in her own right. She is. That that woman, like you said, fantastic actor. Just stunning, like you said. Just a gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. Like fantastic. Just mm-hmm. what a great performer. She is. We have Tanok Huerta as Namor. Is that how you say his name? I believe so. Wow. Either that or I'm absolutely butchering it. But I'm I, mispronouncing I, it I, in my head then. <laughs> I feel like that's the right one. Yeah. Martin Freeman as Everett Ross mm-hmm. and Dominique Thorne as Riri or Ironheart. Riri Williams. Yeah. You forgot Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. She's in here, too, a little yeah. bit. She's back. She was in the end of Black Widow, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. I think that's where we saw her first. Mm-hmm. And she was in, was it the Vision movie or WandaVision show? She was in another one, too, but honestly, I don't remember. It's hard to re- when you have, like, these little bit pieces that go back and forth, and now we're introducing TV shows into this mm-hmm. MCU yeah. storylines and stuff. <laughs> it's hard to remember what's what, because there's somebody else that I believe makes an appearance in this, and I had to look at you and go, was this person in in this show? Or I don't, I, I, I couldn't remember. It's the guy that I think is also in Loki. Well, that narrows it down. I can't remember. He oh, was like the Kang. Kang, was, yes, yes. That was in the that was in the preview or the trailer okay. That, for see, Ant-Man I'm already mixing it up. It yeah. was in a preview, so yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you're you're not wrong. This this is getting very muddled. We're getting we're getting to the point where there's so much happening, so much of the time, and things are getting pulled in from all different areas. I mean, this is this is Marvel turning the big three zero here. This mm-hmm. is the thirtieth Marvel Cinematic Universe film. And now, I have a question. Yeah. Me as a non-comic book reader, mm-hmm. I feel like this would feel like how it would be reading some of the comics sometimes. That once they start intermixing some of it, it well, might start feeling like, holy cow, where is this coming from? Okay. So if you go back to the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, it was used as seasoning. You'd have stuff peppered in here and there. Like Reed Richards would be on a video call with with Tony Stark for like three panels. But the Fantastic Four weren't involved. Okay. So it wasn't like you had to read this issue of Avengers to know what was going on in Fantastic Four. It was just like he's putting in a courtesy call to see if Reed Richards is around so they can fight Galactus with them. No. Okay. It's, whatever. Right? Okay. Now, comics... I think since probably the late 90s, there have been situations where you can't read just X-Men. You have to read X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, Uncanny X-Men. You have to read like 10 different 
10 different series to get the full story, where it literally at the end of the issue would say, to be continued, at the end of the issue in Uncanny X-Men, it would say, to be continued in X-Force this issue. Oh, that'd be kind of annoying. So you'd have to flip back, and that's actually where I jump ship. At the, at the, I suppose it's a good 90s. way to sell more comics, though. Yeah. Like, if people want the storyline, they're going to have to buy m- more that way. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's right now there's a story finished up, just finished up. It's called Judgment Day, where there's huge amounts of tie-ins. So now they're, like, bringing in, like, the bringing everything together with bigger events. They're using these big events to do all these tie-ins. So you could read Wolverine's series and Iron Man's series, but if you want to see how they interact together, you've got to read the Judgment Day miniseries and all the different pieces that go together with it or whatever. So the comics are getting more intermingled, whereas you could have a single issue of Spider-Man in the 80s that starred the Hulk as a guest star and that was it or you'd have a but if you're reading hulk you didn't need to see that spider-man comic book to know what the heck was going on in the not, hulk not always line. not always sometimes it would start in one series and end in another so sure, you'd okay. have but it wouldn't be like these issues long things like they are now it would be like oh hulk number 348 crosses over with spider-man number whatever you know crossover i think i'm actually right on with that Hulk issue, but I don't know about the Spider-Man issue. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. But there is there is a like there was like a thing where it's like oh they're guest starring in each other's books, and it was a way to try and sell more comics. Mm-hmm. But then it went kind of nuts. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is there's a lot going on right now in the Marvel cinematic there universe, is. and. I'm still enjoying most of it. Yeah. Honestly, the TV series, for the most part, have been more lukewarm for me. I mean, some of it I've enjoyed. Some of it's been, meh, I don't know. And I don't know if it's starting to get into more of a bigger time commitment or something. I'm not really sure what's, what's going on there. But it's, like I said, I feel like we're getting so big and, you know, they're saying, hey, you got to watch these TV series to know what's going on with these movies. And it's like, all right, now you're making me have a real big time commitment <laughs> into this thing. So. Yeah, it's not a it's not a three hour movie now. It's, you know, six it's, hour long episodes of a show. Right. We're getting these six to eight hour TV series that are preceding these movies that seem to just are get longer and longer like this was a long movie <laughs> yeah and eternals was a long movie yeah now i was okay with like Endgame being a long movie because that was kind of like the end of a big storyline it was a culmination just like avengers was longer than any of the other right which movies makes that sense it. that's sure. okay it's but, like the giant-sized issue in the comics you know you get this giant-sized issue it's like oh the final issue mm-hmm. it's the big one we're gonna have extra pages because it's so there's so much story to tell but now if we're gonna have all of these movies be this long we're kind of lo- what's the next one going to be the big end is that going to be 4 hours long secret wars i guarantee will be 4 hours long i hope they do like a like a intermission or something because <laughs> you keep saying that and I yet we know, still go to these movies i know but i miss part of it cuz i always have to get up and have a break in the middle of this and i think a lot of people do you miss some of it then it just it, it's getting really like come on t- tell me a more concise story 
on these shorter ones, keep them a little shorter, and then save these big long movies for like the big special events. I, I That's where I'm kind of coming with that. I, I feel like you're kind of losing the big special event because all of these are big special event movies yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if every issue is a double-sized issue, there is no double-sized issue. Right. There's no special this is anniversary just what the issue. issue. Is. Yeah. Like back in the day, it was issue 50 was a big issue. So you'd have a B double size. Not, mm-hmm. not in the 60s, but the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, issue 150, that was a big one. 100 was a big one. 250 was a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's like every other issue is like got extra pages in it. So it's like, well, if, there, if, every, if every issue, if every movie is overstuffed, then there is no overstuffed big finale. Mm-hmm. It's, everything's a finale. Mm-hmm. It's just like having birthday cake every day of the year. It's not as good on your birthday. Right. You know? It's just cake. And I, I, feel like, I, I feel like I'm biting the hand that feeds me here because I'm a comics fan. I grew up on this stuff. I grew up with these characters, many of them. And here I am whining about how long the movies are. Yeah. Well... It's really for for me though. It's more of a filmically. Do you need this much stuff in there? Right, and Does I it think need to that's be yeah. I think that's where I'm coming from too. Is we yeah. don't need. I feel like both Eternals and this movie yeah. could have been told tighter. Get rid of some of the extra stuff we don't need in this. We don't need this yeah. long movie. Yeah. Yes, there was lots of stuff that they were trying to get across to us, but I feel like you can tighten it up in some spots. Yeah, I, you know, there's. You could probably lose, like, the origin of Namor's people. Mm-hmm. You could tell that in his own movie later, if you want. Right. You know, you don't need that here. Although, maybe he's not going to get his own movie. Maybe he's just going to be that character that, you know, like the Hulk, who doesn't have another movie of his but own. But do we need to know that whole origin, then? Not, well... You I do because argue, you need to understand his motivation. Right. I would yeah. argue you'd have to understand his motivations yep. in this movie via... The past via his his right. people's history, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I I've only seen this once, so yeah. I really am not going to pinpoint things that I think need to be cut out because yeah. I don't know that yet. But I do feel pretty strongly that I'm guessing there's stuff that could could have come out. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely overstuffed, definitely mm-hmm. overstuffed. All right, should we start talking about this? So I thought we were. Weren't we just talking about this? Well, let's talk about the story. Okay. Well, the film opens with T'Challa's life in the balance, basically. they I didn't really know that they were going to do this. I didn't really think that they were going to go take tackle this so head on. Do you know what I mean? I really like that they did, though. Do you? I, I like it because it adds more feeling to what Shuri is going through. Yeah. It is important to Shuri's character. It's mm-hmm. important to like the, to build that. Because it is because she's going to have this guilt then because she feels like she failed. This right. is on her that he died because right. she couldn't figure this out. And she's very smart and can figure just about anything out. Right. And the this that you're referring to is recreating the heart-shaped herb that Killmonger destroyed when he took the throne in the first Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. But before she is able to replicate it, T'Challa dies, mm-hmm. and the country mourns. They have a funeral. We, as the audience, then get to participate in the passing of this character. My my main concern with this, though, is that they killed him off screen. I mean... Well, you kind of had to. Yeah, 
Yeah. You had to. If they would have done some kind of weird CGI thing to bring him back temporarily to kill him. I, that would have been poor taste, I think. I don't I don't think I would have liked that at but all. Harold Ramis came back in the new Ghostbusters movie. I, if you go back and listen, I didn't like that either. Yeah, that's true. But I think you could do it with he still has the panther mask on. Maybe. You kill him yeah. in battle. If you're going to kill him at all. I mean, this is where recasting him might have made more sense. A, a character like T'Challa deserves a better death than killed off screen by unknown disease. Right. They didn't tell us what it was he died yeah, from. Yeah. Unspecified ailment that the heart-shaped herb would have stopped, would have would have cured. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to talk about this funeral just real quick. Yeah. We get a couple funeral scenes mm-hmm. in this movie. I love the look of this. You know, where we're from here in the United States, mourning, you go to funerals, you're supposed to wear black. Everything's very drab. That's the mourning color. The white, I thought, was stunning. It felt more like celebrating somebody's life. Mm -hmm. I really liked the look of this. I liked the funeral procession. It felt like very celebratory. Mm -hmm. There's dancing and singing. Yeah, I I thought this was really cool to see. I I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they in, they included it if this is the way they were going to go mm-hmm. because it allows the audience to mourn the death of Chadwick Boseman as much as the characters mourn the death of T'Challa. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that they did that if this is if this was the path that they they have chosen and it is that this is where they're going with it. I also like how Shuri's really not wanting to be here. She kind of runs off. And and seeing her grief, I thought this actress did great. I Mm. was choking up a little bit watching her on screen because I I mean, I felt like I could feel her grief in this moment. Mm. So I I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I really felt that way, too. And honestly, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it right out there. This movie is all about grief. Mm -hmm. It's all about acceptance it's the stages right the stages mm-hmm. of grief it's you know anger and acceptance and release and all of those things mm-hmm. wrapped into a two hour and 40 minute movie and well i'll save that part for, i'll save what i'm going to say there for later i think but yeah 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 i think that this was an important thing for us to see as an audience because mm-hmm. they were letting the character go yeah and then we go right into the opening where there was no music, mm-hmm. and it was Chadwick Boseman character moments yeah, in the, in through the Marvel, the Marvel logo, logo yeah. which yep. I really liked that, too. It just gave us a moment of silence, mm-hmm. and then we dive into the story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was definitely a moment of silence. I liked that. When we're done with that, that credit sequence or that title sequence, we get to one year later. Ramonda has assumed the throne again since T'Challa is, is gone, and... She and Wakanda are being pressured by others in the United Nations to give up the vibranium. And some, like, they think it's France, is it? France tries to steal vibranium from one of the Wakandan outreach centers. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) she brings in the, the Dora Milaje with the little task force of French soldiers that were sent Mm -hmm. in to try and steal the vibranium to basically just bring them in and say, hey, here's your people. Keep them out of my stuff. Doesn't this storyline feel so real? Like, like this happens all the time. Conflict is created to go and 
get other countries' resources. I mean, this is... This, I, you're watching this and thinking, okay, this is supposed to be kind of like a story you're telling, but this feels really real right now mm-hmm. while we're watching this. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that it's that colonial. You that need colon- to share. <laughs> what? They need to share. That's what they were saying. You're you 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 know they need to share their resources. But there's something sinister there. They would they didn't want to share. They wanted no, they, to control. They wanted it. Yeah, they wanted to control. Yeah. That that this movie it, it, there's a couple of little like mentions of colonialism and colonizing shuri even calls ross her favorite colonizer yeah and then later she's going to say a colonizer and oh it's a koye that's going to say a colonizer in chains which i mean it's kind of kind of funny but yeah there that it skirts the idea but these folks that are trying to take control of the vibranium uh, they're they're really they're coming they're trying to come in and tell Wakanda how to handle their shit, right? Well, and, and then fact, they're start. It seems like they're trying to make up like how do we know you've got you, uh, like they've got this powerful stuff and they might mm-hmm. you know take that out on other countries or something. Even though Wakanda has never done that before, you got to start making up reasons why you have to go in and get it. Weapons of mass destruction, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, Queen Ramonda wants Shuri to continue her research on the heart-shaped herb because she wants the Black Panther back to help defend Wakanda from these incursions from outsiders, from these colonials that are mm-hmm. really coming to try and take over Wakanda and control its resources. Mm-hmm. And uh, while she's doing that, in the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA and U.S. Navy SEALs have a joint team going on because they've discovered with a vibranium-detecting machine that there is there potentially, they haven't confirmed it yet, but there's potentially vibranium underwater in the, what is it, the Atlantic? The Atlantic Ocean, right? Yes. And the... They, you know, they send these divers down to go and look for what's going on with this drill because the drill had broken and they find what they think is vibranium. But then the whole group is attacked and killed by a group of blue skinned, water breathing creatures, humans, sub, uh, superhumans of some sort, led by Namor. But we don't really know that yet. Mm-hmm. One of them can fly, and one of them is super, super duper strong, and that's Namor. We'll find out more about him later. But because there's no proof of who it was, the CIA thinks it was Wakanda mm-hmm. that did this. So Namor, so Shuri gets taken by Ramonda to a riverbank where she's going to try and help, Ramonda is going to try and help Shuri let go mm-hmm. of her brother's death, let go of, let go of that, that pain. Shuri's not ready. They have a, a discussion about it. She's angry. She wants to, you know, this is the, you know, stages of, of grief. She's angry at this point. She says she wants to burn the world down. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes out of the water. <laughs> and it's Namor. Namor comes out and he confronts them and says, look, you guys did this with your vibranium, with, you know, by, by bringing vibranium out into the world via the Black Panther. You've created this desire for for vibranium. And then he says, you either 
go and find the scientist that created the vibranium detecting device and deliver him to me or my nation will attack Wakanda and will solve this problem for us. What did you think of Namor when he first showed up? I was like, who, who the heck are these blue people? <laughs> well, I, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I feel like we're all of a sudden watching Avatar or something here. It, <laughs> I, I was a little confused. but Namor's not blue, and they're no, only blue when not. they're out of the water. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which was interesting as I was trying to watch this and figure out, okay, who's who in this whole thing. Yeah. The wings on his heels are kind of weird, but... He's a mutant. He is, and they actually said the word, and you were hitting me in the movie theater. You were so excited. I'm like, stop it's, it. It's the first <laughs> mention of mutants on film, in, in film. Now, it's been mentioned here and there. I guess there was a mention in, Mar in Ms. Marvel and somewhere else in the TV series, but this is the first Marvel Cinematic Theater movie to mention mutants. My love of comics revolves around the X-Men and Namor is considered to be the world's first mutant retroactively but he is considered to be the first mutant in the Marvel in the Marvel universe. Yep. Now, he's not the oldest mutant in the Marvel universe. We'll get to that if we ever get to the X-Men stuff, but he is considered to be the first of his kind. So one of my questions here yeah. when we're watching this, I started thinking, all right, so we have Namor and we have Aquaman. Okay, who's who came first? And Namor, did. Namor came first. Yes. He was in Marvel Comics number one. That's correct. In October of 1939. That is correct. Aquaman came out in More Fun Comics number 73 in November of 1941. So I think Aquaman obviously is more popular because I've never heard of Namor before. Aquaman, I'd at least heard of yeah, before. Yeah, you heard, of, you heard about Aquaman because of fucking because of the Super Friends, which you never even watched. I don't know. I've heard of him. That's all <laughs> I'm saying is I've heard of him. But but Namor was first, and so it, it's a little weird because also the Aquaman movie came out first. So when I'm watching this, I'm like, this just feels like I've seen this before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but Be you haven't. I haven't. It it is so, a different character. He yeah. has different abilities. It's completely different. So I, I just have fish. to kind of get that thinking it's familiar out of my head and just focus in on it's this. Just, the only reason that you think he's similar is because he's the king of an undersea community. Right. He's a, he's a water dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the so lord of the underwater yeah, right. empire. In I am glad they did. So he is actually the king of Atlantis in the comics. That is correct. I am kind of glad that they did change it a little bit. Otherwise, I would have been really confused. Like, why are we... I didn't think DC and Marvel were together, and they're not. They're but not. for somebody like me, who's not a comic book person, for me, I'm kind of glad they didn't. I know you prefer it to be accurate, so I I'm do. sure you would have preferred it to be Atlantis. I, I would. I would prefer it to be Atlantis. I'm just happy to have Namor here. He's not my favorite superhero, but he... He's, he's the portent of things to come, you know? Well, you have been dying for X-Men to be part of this MCU. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been talking about it for as long as you and I have been together. Yep. And so, for you, I know this is just a big moment for you. 
it has something to do with the fact that the X-Men are integral to so many of the things that we've already seen mm-hmm. in the MCU that have happened in the comics. Like the Infinity Saga, they were involved in all of that. You can't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not have the X-Men. I understand why it happened this way, the financials about how it happened, why the X-Men were still in the Marvel stable when Avengers and everything else was farmed out. Well, some of that stuff, they didn't even have them purchased yet, right? I mean, they didn't purchase them till partway through this whole MCU thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I had that flipped. I understand why the X-Men were farmed out and why Spider-Man was farmed out and why Fantastic Four were farmed out. Those are the three most popular franchises in Marvel Comics history. Bar none. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves the Avengers in cart in the in the movies. Mm-hmm. They just they love the Avengers, but the Avengers are B-level when it comes to comics. Mm-hmm. Well, I've talked about this before. They sell less comics than any X-Men comic. They sell less comics than any Spider-Man comic. Now, Fantastic Four comic sales have waned, so there are some Avengers that have overtaken some Fantastic Four stuff, but Fantastic Four is Marvel's first family. The X-Men are what made Marvel a household name in the 90s. The late, I would say, probably 80s to 90s. And Spider-Man, I mean, come on. Spider-Man is Marvel. So... so with to see the Avengers having such success, knowing that waiting in the wings at some point, we're going to get the most popular X-Men, mm-hmm. Spider-Men, and Fantastic Four characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's electric. It is very, very exciting. I just hope that by the time we're really full force in with the X-Men, they've come up with some new formula so that way it's still interesting for you. Because I know you, right now you're getting a little <laughs> yeah. tired of the formula. Yeah. And so hopefully, for your sake, I hope they can change it up a bit. X-Men are a little bit of a different beast than Avengers. Avengers are, there's a cosmic level threat. We must defeat it. X-Men are a group of people that have gotten powers not through any other means other than that they were born that way. And if that sounds familiar, it's intentional. They were born that way. And not only were they born that way, they are maligned by everyone else because they were born that way. Not only that, but these X-Men fight for a world that, this is the tagline, they fight for a world that hates and fears them. These people that they protect hate them. There's a difference. There's emotion with the X-Men. With the Avengers, there's elation. With the X-Men, there's heartfelt moments that you're going to... I mean, there's a scene in God Loves, Man Kills where Kitty Pride makes this like big speech about like how you know people who don't like mutants are racists. You know? This is going to be much different than the Avengers when we get there. I will, st- I will step <laughs> off my soapbox for now. I will step off my soapbox. We've already gotten Spider-Man. We've gotten the word mutant, and we've gotten our first mutant. Namor is also the first anti-hero in comics. An anti-hero is somebody who, like the Punisher, is still heroic to a degree, but has his own means and isn't like stopped by, oh, I shouldn't do this. Right. I will 
kill everybody in my path from this person to that person who I want to get to. Right. Like, or if you won't, if you're not going to take the CIA out of the equation, we are going to take over Wakanda and we'll take you out of the equation. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not a good guy in this one. Namor. He is a good guy, though. Think about it from his perspective. He's trying to protect all of his people. Right. But the way he's doing it is not a good thing. Depends on what side you're on, right? It, it... Oh, boy, we're going to have some fun <laughs> when we talk about Magneto versus Professor Xavier. Holy crap. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> it's whether or not you believe by any means necessary or peace is the only option. That's really what it is. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to the story here. I've, I've sidetracked us long enough with my, my little lovelorn monologue about the X-Men. Anyway, so Shuri and Okoye go to the U.S. and they talk to Everett Ross, who, if you'll remember, he was kind of like the Black Panther's handler in the, in the, in the first movie. He tells them that the scientist is actually a student from MIT named Riri Williams, who is... Ironheart from the comics. I don't know an awful lot about her. I did not I did not read Iron Man, generally speaking, and that's where Ironheart came from, as I understand it. I don't really know. Okay. I, I, I'm speaking out my ass. I don't know anything about Ironheart, other than that she exists within the Marvel comics. She appeared in Invincible Iron Man number seven. So she is from Iron Man. In May of 2016. Okay. Yeah, I was definitely not reading Iron Man at that point either. So Shuri and Okoye go to MIT and confront Riri. And Riri talk, you know, takes them to her, she's got a garage where she's got all this stuff that she's made. And they point up at the ceiling and they're like, did you make that too? And she's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. You take the car, I'll take this. Because the FBI and the CIA and everybody shows up to like bust them. Mm-hmm. What she's pointing at is literally like an Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, when she when, when they bust in, when the FBI is busting in, one of the guys says, she's got an Iron Man suit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how they're going to do this because uh, there's a part of me that wants there to be like some sort of continuity, some sort of connection to the Marvel version of her, the comics version of her. So she's going to have to have been like a Tony Stark acolyte i guess or student or something but there's also a part of me that's like the marvel cinematic universe needs to move on from tony stark he is Mm -hmm. not the be-all end-all right you know my hope is that when reed richards shows up for the fantastic four he will be the new be-all end-all but we don't know i don't know i can't tell i don't know the future if i did psychics would be real we could retire we could retire yeah so (laughs) So, they are pursued by the FBI, and then they are intercepted by Namor's warriors, including Atuma and Namora, who is Namora supposed to be Namorita from the comics? Namorita is Namor's sister. I have no idea. Okay. Atuma is, Atuma is a like a warlord who at one point decides he's going to attack the surface world in a big crossover in the annuals back in, I want to say 1988 or 89, maybe called Atlantis attacks. It was great. Anyway, (laughs) 
Anyway. I thought you were done with the comic talk. I, well, I was done with the X-Men. I'm oh, not okay. the comic talk. Come on. This is a comic book movie. It That is very true. Yeah. Proceed. I'm done with the comic book talk. Come on, lady. So they beat up Okoye, and then they abduct Shuri and Riri and take them underwater. And they take them to meet Namor. And basically, Namor shows Shuri, like, his underwater kingdom and shows her that vibranium is there there is vibranium under the there was actually an interesting moment where i think it was when ramonda and shuri were meeting namor for the first time mm-hmm. where ramonda is like vibranium is only in wakanda and shuri says mom she's this dude's covered in it he's Look covered at him. in it he's yeah. got it all over him he's got like necklaces and yeah jewels and stuff but anyway, the underwater kingdom is not Atlantis. It's called Talokan. Mm-hmm. Talokan, which uh, this this is a first. This is a made up place, right? Is Talokan a made up place or is it real? Oh, it's it's made up. Sounds like Aztec mythology. I think it's mythology. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's not really a first. I misspoke. That's not true. I mean, there's all kinds of different places that are made up in the Marvel universe, but the Main characters are usually from some place that you'd recognize. Right. So you'd know what Atlantis is. Somebody says, oh, the lost city of Atlantis. People generally know Mm -hmm. that. Right. So, but then they've changed it. Now, you said before we started, before I hit record, you said there's a reason they changed it. Why did they change it? They changed it to avoid connections and comparisons with other versions of Atlantis, most notably the DC Comics version and its superhero Aquaman. Fair is fair. DC has to call Shazam Shazam because of Marvel. So I guess whatever. I'll take it. Like I said before, just glad to have Namor in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Meanwhile, while this is all going on, while he's showing her around Talakan, Ramonda strips Okoye of her generalship and this kicks was, her out of the Dora Milaje. This was rough. Yeah, but you knew she was going to be back by the end of it. Yes, I we knew she wasn't going to be gone. not feel permanent at all. No, but it felt out of like character for Ramonda, didn't no, it? Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. She's lost her husband, she's yeah. lost her son. Now her daughter's gone and she didn't want her daughter to go in the first place, yeah. but Okoye said, "Oh, it'll be fine. She'll be with me." Yeah. And and she did bring up a good point that, you know, she entrusted Okoye in other scenarios as well mm-hmm. and she had failed. Mhm. So so I don't think Man, this is, is out of... Yeah, why are we Team Okoye? Why would anybody be Team Okoye then if she's failing all the time? She's not a very good general if she's failing all the time. But how is she failing all the time? Like, well, what else did she fail like, at? like, three or four different things that, like, she didn't do well. I don't remember what they were. Maybe... Look, the book is not closed on Okoye. Maybe she's got a chance to, like, turn it around, but I think... I don't know if she'll be... What, I don't know if she'll be general again, but I think she's still going to be part of the story. Sure, he's the queen now. She is, but I almost feel like with what they were doing with Shuri's inventions, maybe they're going to have like a split off from you're going to have these warriors and then these other type of warriors. And I feel like she might be with this other type of worries that kind of was how i was getting a feel when the with the battle at the very end like you know? she's not going to be in the dora milaje anymore because she's got the new suit of armor right and there's a couple of them so you know they might be the new yeah. warrior type people i guess again with the armor anyway so after 
Ramonda strips Okoye of her her title. She goes to Haiti looking for Nakia, who has been living there since the snap. And she wants her to go and find Shuri and I was, bring her home. I was glad Luke. Lupita's in here again. Uh, yeah. She's another actress that I think is amazing. She, she she's is. Great. She's a fantastic actor. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that they brought her back, but I was 100% sure with the way that they did the Okoye stuff that Okoye was going to go rogue and find Shuri herself. Mm, okay. I really, I like, that was where my mind was going. I was like, okay, well, she's stripped of her rank as general and she's stripped of her, like, spear, but this is a woman who has trained in combat her entire life. I, I remember one of the things that... Raimonda says to Okoye is when Killmonger burned all those the heart plants. Shape, the heart-shaped herb, yeah. She allowed it to happen mm-hmm. and she didn't go with them to protect them. She stayed with him. Okoye is loyal to Wakanda. She's not loyal to individuals. So right. I don't know if she would have gone after Shuri because she's very set in protecting Wakanda and Wakanda's people and Hmm. following, I think, no, 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 I'm going to take that back. I think she's set in following the rules because the rules are once you're in what, I don't know, whatever that group is called that Dora Milaje, when you're in that group, you protect the King and you protect what you do, whatever they tell you to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's their loyalty is to the King. When Killmonger assumed the throne, she is now loyal she to him. She's now loyal to the king. She's loyal to the throne. So I don't know that she would have gone after Shuri because the queen told her, no, you're done. And yeah. I feel like that's what she would have done because she, she is ha- loyal to to the laws. I don't know. Right. But she has a special connection to Shuri. She had one to to, to T'Challa, too. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Well, anyway, I, I just, I was sure that she was going, because of the way they played it, I was sure that she was okay. going to do that. I'm, surp- I'm surprised, I'm glad that Nakia is back, because she's a good character, played by a good actor. And I we got so. to see her in action this time. You know, yeah. last time they just told us that she was the spy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get to see her in action, and this time we get to see how good she is as a spy. Right, right. So... Basically, Namor gives us this whole backstory about the surface world enslaved the Mayans and murdered his mother and made it, made them drink this stuff that was made from like vibranium something or other. Like some it was made from the plant, that's what it was. It was made from a plant that had been that had like grown where where vibranium was like present and she drank it and when they and all the other people drank it and they weren't able to breathe air anymore they had to breathe water so they fled into the water namor was born down there he was the first mutant because he was a normal baby but not saying normal he was a non-mutant baby when he was conceived but he mutated while he was in the womb he grew these wings he has like preternatural strength and he can fly Almost not sure I want to ask this question, but I'm going to anyway. Sure. God, why? Why do you put it that way? <laughs> well, he was conceived normal human being. However, the reason why he mutated was because she took that plant. Right. So are 
all mutants because the mom does something or the dad does something after conception? Or is it some are just naturally mutated that way? No. So they're okay. So this I don't is why know. I said I don't know if I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it as short and sweet as I possibly can. All right. Can. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what their plans are for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they're going to define a mutant. In the comics, a mutant is someone who possesses an, ex- an extra gene. Get it? Extra gene. Called the, wait for it, X gene. <laughs> so genetically speaking, they have an extra gene. And it will lie dormant until puberty. And at puberty, in most cases, they will gain some sort of power or they will mutate into, you know, somebody with hair or a tail or be blue or whatever. Any other person who is turned into a superhuman is either considered a mutate, which is a big distinction. Mutate is someone who was changed into something else. So in this particular scenario, if you had this scenario in the comics... Namor would be a mutate, not a okay. mutant. Okay. So that's as short and sweet as I can go. I understand it though, so that I'm good. We there can we move on. It. I could I could talk for a while about it, but I'm gonna spare you. I'm because guessing you're you could talk for hours on that. You know, maybe not hours, but don't be so condescending. <laughs> <laughs> jerk thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say I could talk for hours on something that I love? Oh, wait. No, maybe that wasn't a jerk thing. Never mind. So, <laughs> so we we get to learn the backstory. We learn about how, you know, his mom and everything. And then we find out that, that, he, that they killed his mom. The Mayans enslaved and killed his mom, along with a bunch of other people. And he wreaks havoc to retaliate on them. This is something that I think was important to Namor's story, but maybe not necessarily important to Black Panther Wakanda forever. I think they could have cut this part as much as I enjoyed it, as much as you can enjoy people being murdered. But as much as I appreciated seeing the backstory, I think they could have cut this. I think, like you said before, it's going to depend on how much of a role he's going to play later. And was this also them establishing... His backstory. Right. Is this going to come back into play? If somewhere? this never comes back into play, this needs to, this never should have been in here. Yeah. If it doesn't come back, because you it's can just time. tell us, tell us what happened and move on in 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. It's wasted time if they don't bring it back. So, also, real quick, mm-hmm. the Talicans, is that mm-hmm. how you say that? I think so. They are heavily inspired by the Mesoamerican culture, primarily Aztec culture. Yeah. And the Aztec water god, Talic? I think it is T-L-A-L-O-C, Talik. I don't know. So anyways, just wanted to add that in there. I don't know anything about Mesoamerican culture, but I will tell you this. Namor is not inspired by that. He's, I think his dad was some like old British ship guy or something. And his mom was Atlantean. Do you have have the book there? I do. Tell me I'm wrong. Prince Namor is the mutant son of a blue-skinned Atlantean princess and an American sea captain. American sea captain. Okay, not a not a crusty old British sea captain. Never mind. Sorry. 
So an American sea captain and the... Wait, blue-skinned? Blue? Oh, wait, yeah, the Atlanteans are blue-skinned. That's yeah. right, you're right. That's right. But Namor is pink-skinned and therefore considered kind of a weirdo when it comes to Atlanteans. So he's a mutant there and a mutant on land. He's a mutant. Everywhere. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I mean... Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, that's you're the thing not about, normal. You, about mutants is you're not... That's not normal. It's not... You're not part of the majority so you're in the outs you know that is correct because normal there is no normal there is no normal. everybody's different that's correct normal is i correct myself normal is a an outdated concept isn't it it is and i we typically in our everyday language we don't like to say someone's normal or not normal because everybody's unique so i shouldn't have said normal i like to say everybody's abnormal because we all are abnormal in one way or another so if someone is normal, I think they're the weird ones. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you better keep an eye on that guy. <laughs> Too quote-unquote normal for me. Yeah. So, okay. So, Namor suggests an alliance with Wakanda to Shuri. So, says, hey, look, let's go at this together. We're going to go against the rest of the world because they're going to come for us. And he says... But but he brings he 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 follows it up with if Wakanda says no, we're gonna level it, we're gonna take it to the ground, we're gonna just burn it all down. Wakanda will be for never. <laughs> well, and this is kind of where I start thinking, okay, this guy's not really a quote unquote good guy because they haven't been attacked. They want to go on the offensive. So they want to start attacking other people because the two of them together would be hard to defeat the Wakandans and the Tolicans. Right. I would have to agree. I would have to agree with you there. This is not the action of an anti-hero. This is the actions of a villain. Mm -hmm. If you're... Like, that's how you can tell, right? Like, if you're an anti-hero, you have a reason for retaliating Right. They've been attacked first and then you go retaliate. Now... The Atlanteans, excuse me, the Talicans have been attacked first, or they've been intruded upon. They were first. intruded upon, but they weren't attacked. That's true. But he is protected because he knows the violence that will come with well, the Well, and this role. is something he, well, something he says is very true, yeah. is other countries are going to go and plunder Wakanda and plunder Talacan. I don't know why I can't remember that name, but I just can't. I wish we could just say Atlantis. It's easier <laughs> and it's truer. But he's Whatever. not wrong, and I I understand why he feels the way he does. I honestly do. Sure. But that doesn't make it right. So you think the peaceful solution is the way to go? I feel like Wakanda was probably okay at the beginning when they were just maybe kind of hiding. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what the right answer is because they also have... Uh, inventions and stuff that could be helpful to other people, you know, and make other people's lives better. That was part of the whole thing that that Black Panther learned, that T'Challa learned by the mm-hmm. end of the first Black right. Panther movie. But then where does it stop? Because then other countries are going to be greedy and try and get more. So, you know, I don't know if what the right answer is here. Well, see, I'm I'm firmly in the Magneto camp when it comes to the... Charles Magneto's Xavier. right. Magneto is right. And the, 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 the truth is that there is only one answer that humanity will understand. And that is violence. 
Because think about it. Whenever humans have wanted something, they've gone about it violently. They want that oil, they're going to go about it violently. They want, I don't know, say the Ukraine back. They're going to go about it violently. Violence is the only language that the surface world speaks. And Namor knows this. Namor yeah. knows this. Yeah. So I'm I'm on Namor's side when it comes to, hey, we should burn the world down, take over. We can we can do it better. I don't know if I agree with him like threatening Wakanda over it, but if Wakanda doesn't side with him, he sides with them. But here's the problem is if you're the aggressor, there's going to be a lot of people that are innocent people that end up dying. How is that okay? If you allow the outsiders to come in and murder your people, there's going to be a lot of innocent people. That's not people okay that either. Well. That's why I'm like saying, I don't know that there's an easy answer. There's not a right answer. You know, these people that are trying to invade need to keep their butts at home and just keep their hands to themselves. You know, it's like a bunch of toddlers out there. We need to put them in a timeout. Or smack their hand. A little light smack. Yeah. But, you know, you know that that's not what's going to happen. You know they're going to invade. So as somebody that needs to try and protect their people, I get where he's coming from. I don't know how I would proceed. Thank God I'm not in charge of this type of stuff <laughs> because I would never be able to make a decision on this. All right. We should keep going here because yeah. this will be this will be a three-hour podcast right. by the time we're done with it, if we're not careful. So Shuri isn't, doesn't give an answer right away. But while she's sitting there mulling it over, Nakia shows up, having found Talakan, And she helps Shuri and Riri get out. Namor figures out what's going on, and he launches an attack on Wakanda. While he's doing that, and I don't know if he did this intentionally or not, I think he did, Ramonda drowns. I feel like he did too. You think he did that? I don't think he did it intentionally because I don't think, when, it, when, he, when he first flies in after, with, with Shuri finding Ramonda face down in the water, he kind of looks like, oh, okay, I think he's taking advantage of the situation. No, but he was the one that forced the water into that building, though. I mean, I think he was trying to kill her. Well, maybe. Maybe he was. Because he was mad that she distracted him, and while he was being distracted, one of his people died by Nakia. Right. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could see it either way, I guess, but yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. So Ramonda is dead. Namor says, okay, she can be the only one or she can be the first of many, saying that, well, I'll be back in a week with the full army and the citizens of Wakanda, or excuse me, he says, I'm going to be back. I'm going to bring my whole army with me. If you guys don't, come on over to my side. So the Wakandan council's like, okay, we got to we gotta figure something out. They relocate to the Jabari Mountains and kind of regroup there. They have Ramonda's funeral. Shuri frees herself in her work again. And she uses a remnant of the herb 
that gave Namor's people superhuman abilities to reconstruct the heart-shaped herb. And they have like a little mini non-spiritual but technically spiritual ceremony to give the herb to Shuri. And she goes to the astral plane, or excuse me, the astral plane. That's different. That's Doctor Strange. She goes to the ancestral plane where, you know, T'Challa last movie met his father and spoke with his ancestors. Here, Shuri talks with Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And he says to her, you know, are you going to, are you going to do it the easy way or are you going to do it like me? Take care of business. It's Michael B. Jordan. He's back as Killmonger. He is. I like Michael B. Jordan. Speaking of fantastic actors, this dude, he's fantastic. If, yeah. if you haven't seen Fruitvale Station, it is a movie that you need to see. He is great in that. He was great in the first Black Panther movie. He's great in the Creed movies. Everything I've seen him in, he's been really, really good in. I'm just... I, so, even, even the Jack Ryan movie, the Tom Clancy movie that he was in, Without Remorse, he was even good in that, even though that movie was kind of garbage. Yeah, the movie wasn't good, but he was. He was very yeah. good in it. The guy's got acting chops. So I was excited to see him back. I wasn't expecting him back. I wasn't expecting that either. That was a little bit of a surprise. Maybe Marvel is getting better at keeping surprises ever since Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I think they got a lot of crap for that. You don't just throw the Hulk out there in the trailer. Come on. He's got to be the surprise. <laughs> anyway, so he, she wakes up. She's, he, well, he basically, okay, he says, you're going to take care of business or you're going to get revenge. You can either have revenge or you can do it your brother's way where you have forgiveness. And when she wakes up, she won't tell anybody who she saw in the astral plane. Mm -hmm. But she does put on a Black Panther suit. And she rallies the troops. She inspires her whole her whole country yeah. to go and fight the the Talicans. Now her Black Panther suit looks more like Killmonger's than her brother's because it's got the gold in it. Oh yeah. Versus because because T'Challa thought that was too flashy, too so he went with yeah. more the silver and the mm -hmm. muted stuff. Yeah. But but hers has got the the gold accents on it yeah and she did go for the other mask first and then she stopped and went over towards the gold one right which i guess kind of gives you a little clue as to which way she was going mm -hmm. right which way she was yeah. leaning yep i also noticed that she had a little bit of that beating that we saw on her face mm -hmm. i think at one point in one of the movies it's like it's like this beating that she has on her face in these like patterns that's on the okay. Black Panther mask as well. I was noticing that. I thought that was cool because you're bringing in elements of the character prior to her becoming Black mm -hmm. Panther mm -hmm. to to make that. So the other Wakandan tribes are like, hell yeah, Black Panther's back. Now let's go kick some ass. But Mbaku is like, whoa, 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 come on, man. We've got a we've got a backup here. We've got to take this a little more lightly. We can't just go out there guns a blazing. So this, I feel like, should make a lot of people stop and think because normally right. this guy would be all in for having fighting and war. Yep, Mbaka would be would be beating the war drum, but he is like, no, 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 hold on. This is not a good idea. But he did promise 
T'Challa that he would watch after her and help mm-hmm. her make these tough decisions. Mm-hmm. He's fulfilling his promise to T'Challa, but he's also very right in this idea that if you go to war, if you go to war for revenge, you're selling your soul for that. You're going to remember, you know, it, it, it's going to haunt you. Revenge is gonna come, is gonna stay with you because even after your revenge is exacted, mm-hmm. you're still gonna feel that emptiness. You're still gonna feel that loss. Mom's still not going to be alive after you've exacted your revenge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just another reason why I like Mbaku the character. Winston Duke is just fantastic actor. I loved him in this. I loved him in the first Black Panther. I loved him in what was it? Us? Was he in Us? I think so. Is that the one that he was in the uh, the Jordan Peele one? He played the dad, right? I'm pretty sure he played the dad. So before we go on yeah, to, I just yeah. want to go back a little, just real quick. Yeah, go back, I, please. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of barreling through because I'm trying to save time, but you tell me what you want to tell me. I really liked the way Shuri looked with this Black Panther thing. I thought it mm-hmm. looked cool. It, yeah. She looked tough. She looked like she could hold her own in a fight. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it looked cool. Significantly different than the stately-looking T'Challa mm-hmm. in Black Panther outfit. Yeah. She looks more, like, action-oriented, where he looks more, like, silent but deadly, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, sure. like he's not he's not the ostentatious one. He's not the one who's out there going, mm-hmm. watch me, I'm going to kick your ass. He's out there going, like, hold up, or I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just kind of more yeah. reserved. So it, there's a there's a significant difference, like you said. Though it's a lot more like Killmonger's. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like the look of it. So yeah, I just want to point that out because we have a new Black Panther. Yeah, yep. and she does look badass. I think she, she looks. She does cool. look badass. Absolutely, I'm all for this. I've talked about this before. I'm all for her becoming the Black Panther. I miss T'Challa. I wish they would have him maybe as an advisor to her or something. But this is where they're going. So Black Panther. This is great. Then <laughs> we have the A-Team scene where everybody's getting prepped. <laughs> this is the A-Team scene, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not like setting traps or anything, but like, you know, Murdoch is testing the chopper and BA's getting the guns ready, right? And that's what's going on here, right? Riri's getting her her armor ready and Io is becoming the general of the Dora Milaje. Shuri takes... Okoye to to show her this new outfit that she made for her, which is new armor. They call it Midnight Angel. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this has an analog in the comics. I'm actually 99% sure they don't because Midnight Angel sounds like something that somebody would come up with if they wanted the people to think that it was from a Marvel comic, but it wasn't. Sure, sure. So, but she, so Okoye says, how many of these do you have? Turns out she's bringing uh, Aneka in to be one of these midnight angels as well. So these guys get all together and then they lure Namor and his warriors to an area where they're pretending that they're drilling for vibranium. When the Talakans arrive there, they start sending out like a like a like a sonic burst. Yeah, like a sonar or something yeah, or other. Yeah, to keep like the the wildlife in the water away. But it's yeah. also disrupting the, the, the Talicans. Then they have this big fight on top of 
this gigantic ship that the that the Wakandans are using. It looked weird. It looked like it was an upside down ship or something. Yeah, it, it was right? weird. Like, yeah, like the like it was these like it, like the smokestacks were underwater and like su- like sub like uh, subdued into the uh, the ship, but they were like pulsing the sonic yeah. thing. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It was weird. So they have this big old fight, and here we get our CGI fight. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they've also Shuri has also figured out that the way to stop Namor is to keep him away from water mm-hmm. and to get him dehydrated. So they build this thing into one of their one of their jets, one of their one of their ships that will dehydrate Namor's body mm-hmm. to a degree so that he won't be as strong. And and Shuri manages to grab him and fly towards the desert with him while this is going on, while they while they're like sucking the water out of him. And uh, he figures out what's going on, tries to bust out, and that ends up crashing the ship in the desert, but near the water. If that makes any sense. It's basically on the beach, right? Yeah. Like, it's not in the desert yet, it's on the beach. And they have a big old knockdown, drag out fight. She ends up cutting off one of his little wings on his ankle, or at least cutting part of one of those wings off. They end up beating the crap out of each other. And Shuri ends up getting the, the upper hand eventually because she blasts him with like the, what was that? Was that the engine from the ship? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like the part of the, part of the ship fell there and she blasts him with that. She programs the ship and mm-hmm. like it shoots the flames from the, from the engine into his back. And then I thought they'd kill them. <laughs> I thought they'd kill them because I'm like. My notes are like, are you kidding me? They're going to kill him in this, like, he just showed up. But no, he's not dead. She says, yield, and I'll let you live, and we'll let Talokan live. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. And he says he yields. Now, he also does say his catchphrase. Did you catch it? Mm -mm. Imperious Rex! Oh, is that a catchphrase? That's his catchphrase from the comics. Okay. Yeah. It literally means Empire King. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So a couple things back from when Baku and Shuri, like when Shuri first comes out with the Black Panther stuff, we have a predator moment here. Did you did you catch the predator moment? Predator moment? Yes. No. Shuri. Tell me more. And Baku do the slap hands arm wrestling thing oh. <laughs> that Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, and uh, okay. the other dude did. Carl Weathers? Those two, you know, they do that kind of arm wrestling handshake thing in the air. <laughs> Those two did that, they and I'm like, oh my God, that... it's the Predator. <laughs> he wanted proof that she didn't just slap the uniform on and tried to protect. I know, but it's the Predator move. That it will forever the and always be Come the on. Predator move to me because it's like the whole... I'm. It was fine because was they were not. testing they the like strong thing. But muscles. It wasn't like two gleaming <laughs> biceps. It wasn't like what's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> uh, all right, and then <laughs> the only <Predator> thing, <laughs> the only other thing I want to talk about with Shuri deciding she's going to go ahead and go after revenge. Yeah, this is what T'Challa does 
when his dad first dies. He That's goes true. for revenge yep. after right. the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yep. And so we have a very similar path happening here. That is true. I, You know what? I didn't even think about that, but you're 100% right. He does go straight after Bucky, doesn't mm-hmm. he? That's how we're introduced to him, in fact. That's mm-hmm. how the first time we see Black Panther, the character of Black Panther, mm-hmm. not Chala, but the Black Panther in his costume. Yep, yep. He's, he's chasing... chasing after Bucky. He's chasing Bucky. And he huh. ends up forgiving him because he ends up bringing him to Wakanda to heal and stuff. Right, So there true. is forgiveness and stuff there, but this he's she's following the path of her brother. That is true. That's true. The That's... other thing with the CGI fighting that yeah. I'm going to bring up, I it was a little hard to see... With that midnight, what was it called? Midnight angel. Midnight angel, and the <laughs> the blue people. Like who was who? To me, on the screen, you know, when stuff was moving so fast, and you have two blue, like a blue skin and a blue uniform, it was hard to make out who was who in that whole fighting. Yeah, craziness, yep. you know. So yeah, I feel absolutely. like they could have maybe. I'm sure. Well, if it wasn't in the comic, they could have picked any other color then. Yep. So they probably should have picked a little bit different color just so it was easier to see visually on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Unless if they it was on purpose. <laughs> that maybe <laughs> they know. didn't really want you to see what was going on on maybe, the screen. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I know that Marvel has been underpaying a lot of their CGI artists. They shouldn't be. They're making money hand over fist. You're damn right. Look, first of all, they're a gigantic corporation. And they're not. it's not like they're bleeding money somewhere. Their CEOs and their presidents and executives and stuff are poor. Okay, there's people that work for them that are working paycheck to paycheck. These people should be getting paid more. Mo- I'm going to get off my soapbox in a minute. Don't I know I will, but these people need to be making more money. They need to be taken care of. They're helping make billion-dollar movies. On top of that, the people that are working at their theme park should be making more money, too, because those <laughs> people are on their feet all freaking day doing the hard work that these Disney executives don't have to do. And you know what? This is how they'll know that we're not Disney shills because... Some people might call us that because we do kind of fawn over the Disney movies, don't we? Mm-hmm. But D- Disney needs to step up. They need to do better. Mm-hmm. They need to do better. Soapbox removed. <laughs> I got a lot of soapboxes. Namor accepts the peace, but then his cousin, Namora, is upset because he surrendered. But Namor says, look, just this is going to buy us some time. Be patient. He's got other plans, basically. Riri Williams goes back to MIT, leaves her suit behind in Wakanda. But Shuri has found all the pieces to her car, which was wrecked in there running away from the FBI, and has pieced it all back together and made it nice and bright and shiny. They're going to ship it to MIT. It should get there before she arrives. And now Ironheart flies off to her Disney miniseries, Disney Plus miniseries, which will be coming soon. Oh, uh, there's going to be another TV series. <laughs> oh, yeah. End of 2023, there's going to be Ironheart. Okay. Six episodes. All right. Now, I like this actress in this little role here. So yeah, hopefully they put a, put a good story with it. Yeah. I don't know anything about Ironheart or Riri mm-hmm. Williams at all. Like I, like I said, I didn't read Iron Man. So I guess I was never exposed to her. But yeah, pretty cool. All right. Shuri plants more, more plant-shaped or heart-shaped herbs to make sure that the Black Panther will continue. And then she takes off. She goes to Haiti. While she's gone, M'Baku decides he's going to challenge for the throne. 
Mm-hmm. That's what that scene was at the waterfall. Because they right. said that she has something else planned. She's got some other stuff to do, right? And so they cut to the scene with the waterfall, and I was like, ah, I knew they were going to have to get to this. She has yeah. to do this, right? Yeah. She has to take on all challengers, right? Yeah. Well, she's not taking on any challengers. She's abdicating the throne. Yeah. So I think she's keeping Black Panther, but, but abdicating she's the throne. not taking the Correct. throne. Correct. Yes. Well, that's the way I'm taking it, too. Mm-hmm. Which means M'Baku is the king of wakanda now which is fantastic because i thought he should have been king of wakanda after t'challa died anyway so here we are this is great i get the best of both worlds still have black panther mbaku is the king of wakanda there you go so we're gonna see more of him which is great great character my favorite character in wakanda honestly is him with no hyperbole i just think he's fantastic he's great he doesn't put up with any shit and he's loud and boisterous he reminds me of like those those like like the uh, the big rotund kings and stuff from like mm-hmm. the uh, like the Game of Thrones things where they're like oh ha 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 I won't do this or whatever you know but I feel like he's shown restraint too so like yeah, he's absolutely. got a head on his shoulders too absolutely yep absolutely so Shuri went to Haiti to visit Nakia and we find out in the mid credit scene what that's all about mm-hmm. and turns out that Nakia and T'Challa had a kid mm-hmm. and they kept him away from Wakanda because they didn't want him to have to face all of the stuff that he would have had to face mm-hmm. in Wakanda. Yeah, as the prince of Wakanda. Right. Now his name is Toussaint. Mm-hmm. But his Wakandan name is something else. Jennifer, what's his Wakandan name? It's T'Challa. Ooh. And this is what I wanted to say earlier is I think you're going to end up with T'Challa again. It's just going to be a different version. Yeah, I think you're I The think only thing is he's right. a kid, so in order for him to grow up to be Ch- T'Challa, that'd be storylines way down. So it's possible it's there, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Unless they do time jumps, because, hey, time travel's a thing. So. <laughs> yeah, time travel is a thing. I thought maybe they were going to do something with the Secret Wars thing, because the Secret mm-hmm. Wars that I think they're angling towards is going to have those, where all the multiverses are going to collapse on themselves and have one one final earth remaining well and you could also i mean if they want to they could always bring a t'challa in from one of the other universes that's what i I mean that's what i thought they were going to do but i think they're working on you know towards this being the like there's a new generation of black panther coming is Mm -hmm. what they're trying to say i think yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about toussaint because toussaint is also named not for just T'Challa, but Toussaint is actually the father of Haiti. Toussaint Louverture. He, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm trying. I haven't spoken French since high school. so. But he fought in the Haitian Revolution. He is probably the most prominent general and leader of the Haitian Revolution. He fought against the French, and then he fought for the French. And then, to champion Haitian independence, he fought against the French again. He's actually one of the big reasons why Haiti is uh, not a French colony anymore. So, yeah. Interesting. I thought that was cool. I thought they named him... I thought the name Toussaint was cool, along with the fact that... So he's named after two badass African... Or I guess not African. One of them is African. Wakanda is Wakanda considered African? I have no idea. I would think it is. It's on the continent of Africa, but I would think so. Then so it's got to be right. I would so think it's African. So. so Wakanda is African, and Haiti is is what Caribbean? Where's Haiti? I it's, never tried flying. It's down there. there. It is there. <laughs> okay. All right. So do you have any other notes? I do have some notes. Let's hear them. 
All right. Tanakh Huarta, who plays the ruler of the kingdom, he didn't know how to swim. So when Ryan Coogler was offering him the role, he asked him about his swimming skills. And Huerta just simply says, well, I've never drowned before. <laughs> Way to sell it, dude. <laughs> so he had to take some swimming lessons, obviously, to get ready for that. Because he's in the water quite a bit. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've never drowned before. So, I mean, I guess I'm pretty good. Ryan Coogler also had to learn how to swim for the film. He says, you know, a lot of people were raised to have fear of water. And he had to figure out how to swim so he could direct the movie. Yeah. So he also took swimming lessons. I'm assuming that there had been a, a bunch of times where he's in the water. I'm assuming there was so. a bunch of water in this movie. <laughs> and Lapita Nuango, she took it upon herself to train herself by holding her breath and carrying giant weights through water to get prepped for what she needed to do underwater. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Like those, like those, those cross country runners do. Like you see, they're like carrying weights across the ocean floor. Uh-huh. Good God, that's dedication. <laughs> so a lot of people had to do work in the water for this movie, well, which I doesn't suppose, surprise yeah. me. There's a lot of, which doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of time spent in the water. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Also talking about Lapita Duongo. She gets to speak Spanish in this movie, Mm -hmm. and she thought this was wonderful because it represents both sides of her heritage because she was born in Mexico, uh, but her parents are Kenyan. So she grew up in Mexico, and she knows Spanish. So So she's Kenyan-Mexican? Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so she was born in Mexico with two Kenyan parents. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, and then the last thing is we have someone missing from this movie. T'Challa? Besides T'Challa. He's the obvious one that we've already talked about. But Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. With Wakabi, is it? Yeah. He was scheduled to be in here, but he had to drop out because he was filming Nope. No At the same time. Damn you, Jordan Peele! (laughs) That son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll take it. That's fine. They could argue that he was off on assignment, you know? Right. He'll be back. Right. He kind of did a questionable thing in the last one. So, sure, he's off doing his thing. Right. Well, we're also missing one other person. Oh, who else are we missing? Oh, wait. Did did his character die? Forrest Whitaker's character. He was kind of the high priest that was- I thought he died. Did he die? I thought Killmonger killed him. Oh, you're right. Killmonger did kill him. Never mind. Forget it. We're not missing him. Well, I'm missing him. I like Forrest Whitaker. That's it for your notes? That's it. All right. So, shall we do our thing? Do we have to? I think we kind of have to. It's our <laughs> thing. It's a keep, rent, or erase. You tell me. Where do you stand and why? Not erase. I am okay. between the rent and keep. What? I'm definitely leaning towards keep. My only thing is I felt like this was really long. And there was parts where I was like, oh, this is kind of like taking too long to get to what i want to see or to get to what i want to do yeah but when it ramps up it really it, ramps it up. does really ramp up and i i really do think i'm going to end up keeping this okay. i i'm going to say keep for now uh-huh. i'm for going now? what are you going to come back i might reserve my judgment for my second viewing my final judgment will of course <laughs> end up having having this movie in real life what's 
Why? <laughs> we, we, ha- we have all these movies. We don't have Doctor Strange. Not yet. Or Shang-Chi. We don't? No. I thought we did. No. Well, anyways, we'll end up getting it. I know we will. <laughs> but there is a lot to like in this. I I liked how they handled Shuri's grief mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. I, I liked the visuals they gave us with the white funeral processions. Atlantis, I feel like probably did look Talican. neat, but... I'm sorry. That's okay. You can call it Atlantis. I'm sure looked neat, but... It's Atlantis in all of our hearts. In our theater, our theater needs a serious upgrade. And so there was some scenes that was kind of dark, and I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be that way or if it was just our terrible movie theaters. What is it? Is Is it a screening thing? I don't know what... Projector. And it's the screen... The they need a new system, system in there. So it was hard to tell. So I feel like once we get this and I can look for myself on our TV, it'll we be a lot it better. We see on our fantastic home theater, yeah. which is basically just a big screen TV. But there was still a lot of... I, I like that Shuri's now Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I like that T'Challa and Nakia had a child together. I liked Nik- what was happening with Nakia in here and Okoye and Umbako. I'm going to say keep. Now that I'm talking about this more, there was a lot to like in this. I think my only down part is the length of this. I think Fair. it needed to be shorter. But since that's my only complaint, I'm going to keep it in the keep column. Fair. Fair. Okay. All right. So... I went into this movie with my arms folded. Not because I don't like Black Panther, because I do like Black Panther. And I did want to see where they were going to go with this. But like you've mentioned, I am kind of getting to this burnout phase. Like, phase four is the burnout phase for me, for Marvel. Like, everything just seems so homogenized and so plain and everything just like when when like big cgi fights happen every day big cgi fights don't matter to me anymore do you know what i mean mm-hmm. well i remember when they first started these mcu movies and i remember the first avengers when that came out and you had all of these actors that came together and mm-hmm. the the fighting and stuff it was like oh my god this is so cool there was a uniqueness to it but I do agree with you. It it doesn't feel as special anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm taxing. still I'm still enjoying it, but I it's definitely not the same feeling and excitement when I see this now as it used to be. Right. So, I went into this thinking I'm probably not going to like this as much as I want to like this, and honestly, I couldn't have been more wrong about this movie than I was going into it. I have I was not expecting a movie that was all about grief and acceptance and processing that grief. I wasn't expecting a movie about moving on to a certain extent, a movie about about the choice between revenge and 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 peace. I I wasn't expecting this movie. I thought that this would be a half-hearted movie, and I misjudged Ryan Coogler. As much as I like the other stuff that he's done, I've misjudged Ryan Coogler with this movie. Coming out of this movie, this is probably in my top tier of Marvel flicks. Mm, That's interesting. This is a really, really powerful, emotional movie wrapped in a CGI bow. And there is... Some CGI through the first and second act. It's not until the third act that we really get like 
bombarded with it. And even then, most of it's at night. And some of it's... Wait a minute. Is it at night at the no, end? No, it's in the it's daytime. In the, it's in the broad yeah. daylight yeah. at the end, yeah. Most of the other stuff is at night. But the but, so, like, the, the only CGI that we actually, like, get, like, put, like, naked eye on is at the end of the movie. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. Seeing Namor on screen for the first time, even though he's not my favorite Marvel character, he represents the 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 nascent mutant invasion of the Marvel universe, and I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I am so like quaking with like anticipation of the X Men's arrival that that any mutant will do. In fact, Ryan Coogler is now my top pick for directing the X-Men film. Like, whenever they get to that X-Men movie, hands down, Ryan Coogler needs to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna champion that until whenever the hell they make the first X-Men movie. I'm gonna be right there saying Ryan Coogler should do it. Ryan Coogler should do it. Because this movie was fantastic. This is a keep 100%. I went yeah. from, it's probably gonna be a rent walking into the movie to it is a 100% keep. No questions asked. Interesting. Yep. I'm... I'm surprised. I am too. I really, really am too. But I'm excited. Okay. If this is where we're going to go, I'm down. This is the end of phase four. This Would, is it. Okay, yeah. All right. This is the end of phase four. So, way to go out. Way yeah. to end the phase. Now, let's see what Quantumania brings. Let's see what Ant-Man in the Wasp 3 brings. Where we're going to go is basically... The Kang Dynasty slash Secret Wars by the time Phase 6 is over. So Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So speaking okay. of what's coming next, what's coming next? Next, we are going to cover a little flick called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. All of it? All of it. Nice. I've been looking forward to seeing this movie. I, this is one of those movies. I, it's an A24 flick. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, but, but... It doesn't look like your average A24 flick. No, it doesn't. It actually looks interesting to me. So <laughs> I, I feel like... Wait, let's come on. It does. In the trailer... I've seen the trailer. Yeah. And I think I was the one that actually brought this up to you. And I was Did like, you? what if we covered this? And... Because I think we were sitting on the couch and I was w- going through videos on my phone or something like and that. I jumped at it. And you were like, yes, yes. <laughs> so you had obviously seen the trailer before and knew about it. Oh, so. I was ready. I wanted to see that movie. I wanted to see that movie when it came out, but I knew that you would never go to the theater to see it with me. <laughs> well, we've gone to the theater to see a couple A24s. And the last, I think, two or three that we've seen were like, bleh. <laughs> You liked them, but I was like, I yeah, don't, I, I don't yeah. know about this. <laughs> I predict I will probably enjoy this one as well. If it's, we'll see. I guess we'll, well talk. About I it, hope. I, guess. I I hope I like it. <laughs> Otherwise, right, well. I always feel like, why am I watching this? <laughs> <laughs> this seems so dumb. So next week, right here on the couch, the return of Kihoi Kwan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.